buying and selling real estate, it can be a tough business to navigate. Sounds like you need some friends in the know. For instance, two longtime Twin Ports real estate professionals who know the ins and outs of the market. This is the Twin Ports Real Estate Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAM. Hey, good afternoon and welcome to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronding and Gary Callagher here on KDAL um, until, from 12 until 1 p.m. this afternoon. Um, Gary, good afternoon. How are you today? Well, Jim, I'm a little sad. I'm a little really? down. You're a little down, a little, a little sad? Bummed. Certain team you know didn't out. score more than two runs? Well, well, you know, I had a lot of high hopes for this season once it got started. and uh, Yeah. To see it end so abruptly was a little, uh, just a little punch in the head or gut or whatever you want to call it. Well, yeah, head. I think it's a, so, I think it was a, a very weak and meek effort um, by the Twins. That is for sure. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a big change next year. I don't know if you listened to any of the post game comments, and and I don't want to spend too much time on sports right. here, but uh, uh, I think it was Dan Gladden. He was saying that. Uh, it's going to be a completely different ball club next year because we're going to have the salary cap issues, you know, because of the lack of revenue, and uh, there's some big, big name contracts that are that are going to be out there, and it's going to be, uh, you know, interesting to see what our team looks like next year. Yeah, I think that Rosario will be gone, and they'll probably Cruz will probably want to go somewhere else. Well, I sure hope not, and I hope well, you know Odorizzi. Rizzi had a bad year, but you know it's. Uh, um, yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's a bummer the way it ended. I wish we would have at least won one of the games. Yeah, uh, there's very there's very little Minnesota sports right now that is uh, even compelling to talk about. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, all right. Well, let's talk real estate. That's something we know about. Yeah, yeah, real estate. I don't know about you, Jim, but the. Um, you know, all summer long, you know, we've been, we talk about how busy we are and, and it's, it's been such an up and down year. And, uh, but I got to tell you something right now, I'm, I'm full bore. Uh, I'm on go. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of real estate stuff happening all of a sudden for me. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, that's funny. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy how up and down it gets. Yeah. You know, you go way up and you work and all of a sudden, boom, it stops. And so, it's just one of those waves that that I know I'm on personally, and uh, um, and, well, and, that's and I been... thought by this time, you right. know, when we talked about this earlier this year, that as we get into the election season and we're in it, it's October, um, it's um, you know what's going to happen to it. But right now, I got to tell you something; it's pretty active. It is, and remember, we were talking uh, a couple weeks ago. We were um, it was kind of slow for you, and I was kind of kind of packed with things that are coming up and closings and things and um now we're kind of a little bit the opposite where i'm i'm all caught up and, and here you go so that just shows you the up and down um travels from realtor to realtor i think too so it's kind of fun yeah. um all right i got something to talk about here so pending home sales gary in the united states pending home sales skyrocketed 8.8 percent between july and august Another massive jump after the spring standstill caused by the coronavirus coronavirus pandemic. So, this last couple of months um, saw pending sales go up in a record fashion year over year, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, and 
Yeah, it was hard to uh, hard to judge that we had we had somewhat of a slowdown with the coronavirus, but it didn't last very long up here, did it? Well, I think we went into. I mean, we were basically shut down, you know, till the end of May. I think we got into Memorial Day, but it, it was a couple months, you right. know, that we were all on on hold on everything, and and the, the market was still going on. But as we got into the end of May, boy, it really just exploded, and then June first came around. And, and that the stay-at-home orders uh, went away, and uh, uh, the, the spring market at that point kicked in. And so I, I you know, we had and, and so much activity through July or June, July, and it, you know, even into the end of August. And uh, uh, I think that was the spring market that was just taking hold in the in the, the, the middle of summer. And yeah. I still think we're it's tailing. I think things are tailing off, but it's still active and so to see those numbers and the pending sales yeah but is that related to the spring market um and i do think it is yeah i, th- I kind of but, think you're uh, right yep it's it's uh it's a it's healthy and it's good to see those numbers yeah um they say that contract signings rose 24.2 percent year over year so um that's kind of crazy so a lot of people were making offers on properties in that time and it went up immensely once we got into, um, you know, early to mid-summer, according to this. And then they also have, this is from the National Association of Realtors, um, the chief economist, Lawrence Yoon, um, says, additionally, the Fed intends to hold short-term Fed fund rates near 0% for the foreseeable future, which should, in the absence of inflationary pressure, keep mortgage rates low, and that will undoubtedly aid home buyers continuing to enter the marketplace. So there's an answer for us on the interest rates that, um, you know, at least according to our chief financial officer of the National Association of Realtors, we should be good for the upcoming near future as far as um, rate stability. So good news. Well, that's great news. And Lawrence Yoon is a well-respected uh uh, economist, he's been around the block a long time, and so to hear those words come out of his mouth are, are it's encouraging. And and keeping this real estate economy rolling, I think is is so important, Jim, to our local economies as well as our national economies. Right. And I want to remind you of something that, and you brought this up, and this goes back maybe 10, 10 years, and we were in the housing recession, and we, we were having a conversation one day about. Uh, the impact of housing on the on our economies, be it local or be it national, and with all of the residual businesses and the residual things that go along with buying a home, building homes, renovations in houses, what have you, the amount of money generated for these economies on a national scale is was like a, I think it was like a hundred and twenty three trillion dollars. Wow. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you remember that, but. Uh, and that, you know, leading up to the boom in, in the housing boom of the 2000s, you know, with all of the new home building constructions were going on, we have record units being built, we had record units being sold, uh, and and then everything that goes along with that, you know, buying the, the materials to build the houses, to renovate houses, uh, you know, whatever you do with your house, it was a driver of our economies, and. Um, and I think that's important to this day. You know, we all saw what happened in the housing recession and how things just stopped and everybody gets hurt by it. Yeah. But the health of our 
the, the real estate market, be it local or be it national, I think is so critical to the national economy. What do you think? Oh, yes. It's absolutely true. And we always have, I mean, how many election years have you and I witnessed? I mean, it's just every, when we get close to an election, real estate is propped up. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Um, but real estate does prop up our entire economy. And, you know, no doubt about that as well. So, um, yeah, we've seen it before. And uh, it's taken us out of uh, recessions before. And I, I believe it'll keep us out of one again. So, the the pandemic hasn't finished us off, Gary. How about that? Well, I think we are we're all we've all survived, and that's a good thing. But yeah. but also to just just to keep the health of the local real estate economy, Jim, and and I mean both in the Twin Ports, you know, and in, in in the Superior Market, or you know, the Duluth Market, and the surrounding areas. Uh, and I think we're what we're we're just seeing that when we look at the numbers, I think we're seeing unit sales that are are extremely healthy i mean yeah. i think you look across the bridge and, and i was looking at some of the numbers over in wisconsin and and i'm not real familiar with the market over there and but i've seen numbers of units sold in superior that are like above and beyond average yeah yep i i don't i don't know how you feel about that or what you think about that but i it's just uh it's it's good to see that it's good to see the superior market um active healthy and it's good to see the twin ports markets active and healthy when it comes to real estate and these low interest rates jim they're helping they can't help and think about this and i don't know how much time we have but these re when somebody refinances their home remember leading up into the housing recession and people were refinancing their home they were tapping their equity and what were they doing they were buying new cars they were buying boats they were buying whatever they were they were keeping up with the joneses they were buying material things that weren't you know the value of them goes away once you buy them and now today i think it's different i think people are holding on to their equity i don't think they're tapping into their equity as much i think they're a lot more cautious with their money and so i think you have a little bit more wealth accumulated and a little bit more uh, hey, we just we we're stable. You know, we've got a little nest egg here. We don't need a, an ATV. We don't need a big boat. We don't need whatever. So I think people have gotten a little bit more responsible for their finances, and I think that that helps. Um, and if they do do something, I see more re- renovations. I see more home improvements. Maybe some landscaping. So I think those are really good improvements to continue to create value in housing and. Uh, uh, that's not a bad thing. Well, um, we got to take a break here, but I think you're right. The one thing that I would, the one comment I would make is that, you know, post the last recession, people don't look at their house the same way, um, piggy bank wise, as they did before the recession. So this time around, I think people have, um, you know, their ducks in a row a little bit better. So it's it's it adds up to um, you know really good marketplace for healthy buying and selling in in today's real estate. So. All right, Gary, we've got to take a break here. Folks, you're tuned in to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show, and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ron and Gary Callagher here on KDAL until noon. Gary, why don't you give out your phone number so people know how to get a hold of you? I'm at 218-390-0615. And my number is 218-348-7653. Hey Gary, I gotta I gotta send out a 
thank you to a home inspector, Tony Leone. Tony Leone. Tony Leone. I was happened to be at a home inspection with him this last week, um, and the first thing he says to me, he goes, "Jim, I listen to you guys every week." You know, so hey, we got a fan um, and a pretty good home inspector at that. So that's uh, that's not a bad thing. So thanks, Tony, for listening. Yeah, the other thing too, you know, a lot of home inspectors in our marketplace, and and you know, the, they all do a good job, well, most of them. And <laughs> um, uh, right. But but we lost one this year, and we didn't lose him. But he just retired. Yeah, Jim and James. he's been a longtime supporter of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. He used to have his own show, and Mr. Jim James from Twenty Twenty Inspections. He retired this year, and uh, he had a like a hand accident earlier this summer, and uh, he couldn't work. And so we all got a notification from him that he was hanging up his uh, inspection cleats and uh, you know retiring and spending time with his family. So uh, Jim was a great inspector. And uh, was in it for a long time, so we wish him well in retirement. I just want to ask him if he got a hand, um, if he if he hurt his hand with a fishing, as you know, a strange fishing accident. I I think it was. <laughs> Come on! I don't remember. No exactly, way! But I think he was something to do with fishing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and and he's an avid fisherman. So. I know. That's what I mean. That was the whole rub, but. <laughs> Man, if that's really true, or that maybe is he was cutting some wood and he couldn't go fishing, and it just—I don't remember what it was. Jeez. Well, uh, well, well, I hope he recovered all the way, and uh, and uh, yeah. So we got a lot of home inspectors out there that we work with every day, and I, I got to tell you, um, when I was with Tony, um, there were a couple things uh, just in this basement that I learned that I didn't know, and uh, you know, in this business for thirty-five years now, I guess. Um, I don't want, I don't want to say it's unusual, but there are just a couple of things that he told me about, like, or he's telling the buyer about an electrical panel, for example, that I didn't realize. Um, and, uh, just a couple other things. So, you know, th- those guys are so full of knowledge, um, that, uh, you know, they are very necessary in our transactions. Well, speaking of inspections and speaking of properties and all that stuff, I mean, did you uh, see what, uh, is going on with the uh, city council uh, this past Monday. The uh, uh, our uh, fire chief Sean and I don't know how to say his last name, and I, I'm not even going to attempt it. <laughs> but everybody knows who I'm talking about. The the uh, fire chief. He uh, he was uh, uh, trying to pass uh, some resolution that would mandate or require um, landlords to carry insurance on their properties. And they've been talking about this for a month or two or however long. And, and they brought it before the city council this past Monday and they, they tabled this. And I've, I've read it, I've followed it. And, and I got to tell you, there, first of all, part of me just is like shaking my head. I, 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 for the life of me, can't imagine not having some type of homeowner's insurance on any of the real estate I've owned. Right. I mean, I think I think insurance is it's something none of us like to pay, but it's always that like, well, what if, you know, what if this happens or what if that happens? And I think it's just one of those necessary evils. You're you're almost you know, you're really rolling the dice and gambling with a lot of stuff without having insurance. And then and then on top of it, when you're a landlord and you own properties that you rent to people, that to me 
uh, uh, is even more scary. If somebody's willing to not carry insurance and you're renting to other people, uh, so I'm sitting here just saying, well, how many people is this? How many people don't carry insurance on their properties? You know, we hear about it from time to time, but I, I, I got to believe the numbers aren't big. And I certainly don't hear about it too much. I think probably the biggest case we've ever heard about here is the cozy bar. Yeah. You know, and that burned down and the, and, and the owner of it didn't have an insurance on it. And, and so, and, I, and at that point in time, I'm like, are you kidding me? Who, who doesn't, and why? What are they thinking? I would like to know what these people think about. Why wouldn't you carry insurance? So like, the question is, is should the city be able to mandate that landlords have to carry insurance on their rental properties? And I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm kind of of the mind of like, I kind of agree with this. Oh, I and think so. I, don't, I think I, that, I don't, well, I mean, because they have to, uh, if, if the place burns halfway down, they don't have insurance, what happens next? And it's a big capital nothing because they don't have the money to get it fixed. I mean, when they have an insurance claim with a fire, for example, it takes a long time usually to work through all of the, uh, you know, all the details for them to get a check to start proceeding to um, rebuild. And that's when you start from day one, you know, because they, they do need to do an investigation. I mean, insurance fraud is definitely alive and well. But I agree with you because if you've got a property that doesn't have insurance, it's still valuable person owns it they can't get the money to fix it for example um you know or if somebody gets hurt on their property you know there's there's no liability there to go after um for a legitimate claim for somebody you know and especially with landlords i mean you you have to be responsible to the extent of uh who you've rented to so i think that would come into um you know like a dog attack for example you know, that's another insurance issue. So, yeah, I I agree. And then I think the other thing, Gary, that if you look at, like, Minneapolis and St. Paul, both of them have um, strict requirements um, on inspections even of all these pro- – every property that ever gets sold in their cities, every time it gets sold, there's an inspection that's done. And I also believe that um, – that they have to prove that people have to prove that they have insurance as well, but I, I have to double check that. Personally, well, if you've got a mortgage on your property, Jim, you're required to carry yeah. insurance. I mean, you we deal with this every day. Yeah. I mean, the lenders don't allow you to own a property without carrying insurance. And nope. why is that? Because they're lending all the money for it. Right. They've got to be covered. There's risk. So you got to believe that this, whoever owns this one particular property that they were referencing, and this was at 631 East 3rd Street, uh, that was condemned because of this fire. Um, if he doesn't have a mortgage, he owns it free and clear. And I believe that unit is rented 100%. Well, what's he doing with his money? And, and here's the other thing to remember about insurance on rental properties, Jim. If you have an incident like this, a fire or whatever, guess what? You buy insurance and you can get paid for your loss of rents. Right. I mean, the insurance companies with these, with most of these policies that landlords buy, they cover lost rents. So what, if, what in the world are these people thinking that aren't insuring their properties 
and 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 really rolling the dice on this. Let's say somebody gets hurt bad or they die for for heaven's sake. Uh, you know, if, if, there's just so many things that can go wrong. I am just simply shaking my head at this. That how these people are thinking about why they don't think they need insurance. I mean, to me, the risk is too much. And and a couple, some of the city councilors responded to this and. Uh, third district council Roz Randor, she's I think she likes it, you know, based on what she's saying in there. And and council at large councilor Zach Flipovich made a comment, and I'm not really sure what he meant by this. Um, he he said he thinks it's going to help cre- create a level playing field for landlords. And and I read that, and I'm like, well, what does that mean? What 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 is it level now? I mean, well, how does maybe somebody he thinks not that there's have... a lot of them that don't have it, and I I guess I don't have the answer to that either. But you and I but would that think doesn't that make any be... sense, huh? That doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, well, what if is they have insurance, they have to pay like, for oh, insurance, we, and they have to. Yeah. Everybody buys insurance, so we don't. One or two or five or ten yeah. of them don't have to have it. That doesn't make any sense to me. The 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 the, the better answer is this: is like, what are these people thinking? You know. Who in their right mind wouldn't want to insure their properties? It makes no sense. And if you're not smart enough to do this, well, we're going to be smart, smart for you. And we're going to require that you do this because we run into too many situations as a city where if your place burns down and you don't have insurance, guess what? The place sits, it becomes blight. Yeah. The landlords kind of walk away from it and we got to deal with it. We got, uh, uh, you know, squatters, we've got, uh, you know, infestation of pets or animals or whatever, and it becomes blight on the city. And, and so I think at some point, you know, the, the, the uh, this will pass and I'm, I'm for it. And I just simply to this day, Jim, I shake my head and I'm like, come on, you guys, as landlords, uh, you, you got to just step up to the plate and do the right things here. And if your lifestyle if you're spending all your money on stuff and you don't have enough money to do it, well, maybe you should think about getting out of it because you're taking and putting people in harm's way. And I don't think that's a good gamble for people to take. If I'm renting, uh, if I were renting an apartment and I found out that my landlord didn't have insurance on the place, I probably wouldn't want to live there. Right. Yeah, and I think it's it's good. There are some landlords that that are saying, you know, and almost and maybe even requiring that tenants get their own renter's insurance because tenants often believe that their belongings are covered by the landlord's property insurance and that is so far from true um but yeah when i want to go back to your loss of rent um having sold insurance in my previous younger days uh the loss of rents is something that people don't take usually if it was an option. And I think that's the silliest thing because if you have a fire that damages 30% of your building, obviously you can't have any renters in there. And if it takes six to nine months to get this thing back up to snuff, um, which it can, especially in today's world with contractors so busy right now, that, you know, that's a lot of rent. I mean, that loss of rent could sink your property value quite a bit, or at least you know your equity position. Um, and well, you're just well what be... if you're paying a mortgage, Jim? What right. if you have a couple thousand yep. dollar a month mortgage on that exactly. property, and all of a, and you don't have, uh, or you don't have enough insurance, and you don't have a loss of rents, uh, rider? Um, you still got to pay that mortgage. Exactly. 
and it's, so, it's something to really think about. And it, and, it, and that coverage, um, it used to be, I'm pretty sure that loss of rent um, was optional. I can't, I don't know if it is now or not, but I mean, the the extra cost for covering yourself adequately in in the big picture was not a, a tremendous amount of money. It's an investment in, you know, the what if that most people can't afford. So well, and, and what's the annual cost of of insuring having a good insurance policy on your rental property? Is it fifteen hundred fifteen hundred dollars a year? Is it three thousand dollars a year? And and I, and I would think that three thousand dollars is really at the top end, and and basically that's what two hundred and fifty dollars a month. Okay, right. so you know, and I think that's what that counselor. These- I think that's what that counselor was talking about. That some some landlords don't have insurance. And they're saving themselves three thousand dollars, and they have a competitive edge over other landlords. That's what I think he was talking about. I, I I don't I don't understand the competitive edge issue. This isn't a competitive edge. No, I deal, get you, but I think that's what I'm he's concerned. referring to. I think this is this is just a common sense issue, right? Where you know, I mean, am I competing with a landlord that doesn't pay his insurance? Am I competing with five landlords that don't pay their insurance? No, I'm not. I'm competing with a marketplace that has a supply and demand issue. That's what you're competing with. And guess what? If I take care of my rental property, if I if I keep it up, if I keep it clean, if I fix the problems, if I do whatever, I'm going to have a more uh, desirable unit that people want to rent. Am I going to charge a little bit more rent for it? Yes, probably. But I got a better unit. I don't worry about people. I'm, I, as far as I'm concerned, if I'm a landlord, I don't worry about competing with people. I compete with a marketplace and I keep my properties in very good condition, and and I want people to have a nice, safe place to live. So, you know, I, I, this is just one issue to where I I've, I thought they should have just voted on this and passed it and said, you know what, everybody's got to step up to the plate, get your act together, carry insurance on your properties. It's 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 a uh, uh, well, I think it's just a necessary part of doing business. Well, do you think that they wanted to and wait? Can you to tell have... I'm a little bit emotional here, Jim? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not emotional. But I was going to ask you: Do you I'm think? Emotional. Do you do you think that they do you think they passed on passing it because they wanted to engage the landlords on this? Because I know that they have engaged the landlords association in the past, and they've gotten advice, and and I think that's a really good working relationship. So maybe they did it out of respect. I don't know. I'm not familiar with the proceedings. Um, well, I think with everything that's new like this, you you you've certainly got stakeholders that are involved in this thing. But uh, and, those people and, would be in favor of this. I, that's what I'm saying. That I think any, uh, I, any yeah any real landlord would be in, say so what we get it anyway. Why not require it? You know. Well, I know we're, we can't go in studio. And Barbara Monte from the Duluth Landlords Association has always been a great resource for yeah, us. So, exactly. Uh, I've, I've been meaning to get her on the horn to see what her opinion is on it, but I haven't I haven't spoken. Well, her, and so. think of it this way: uh, let's say let's say you're a good landlord. We got about a minute left on this. We might as well finish. Uh, let's say you're you're a good landlord and you have um, a, a duplex in an area where there are other duplexes, other income property, and one of your neighboring landlords has a fire and his property is dilapidated. You know, it's it's all it's all gone to crap. You know, because of a fire, they don't have insurance, um, and there it sits. I mean, what's that do for you to maintain or attract new tenants? It doesn't do much. Uh, you're right on the money there. That's a huge point, and I couldn't agree with you more. So I think that all 
all landlords would be in favor of this. And the ones that don't have insurance are stupid and they're not going to be here long in the first place. That's what I think. So, All right, Gary, we've got to cut her off right there. Folks, you're tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. We're going to take a quick break here and we will be right back. Hey, welcome back to the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Jim Ronning, Gary Callagher here from Remax Results. And now, Gary, I have a special guest in my office, Mr. Tom Acton. Hello, oh. Thomas. Hello, Gary. Hello, Jim. How are you guys Tom, today? Tom Action Acton. That's right. Well, that right. we call him Tom Auction Acton because that's what people call up once in a while. And they say, where's the auction? And I think that's hilarious. Tom, I want to ask you a question. Sure. I saw a recent uh, listing of yours up on uh, Arrowhead Road in Duluth, up by the university. Yes. And and I drove by this, and the sign was upside down. The oh, yeah, he's doing that over here, down. too. And at first I drove by, and I thought, i got to call Tom. i got to go fix that for him. And as I drove away, I thought, he did that on purpose, didn't he? And so I want to know, did you do that on purpose, or was that a mistake? Uh, Gary and Jim, that sign was right side up. The world is upside down. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it is, guys. <laughs> That's a great line. If you think the sign's upside down, you need to call me and help me sell your house. Well, it That's my hilarious. Attention. That was a good one. All right, we want, we brought you in here, Tom, because you're <laughs> unfortunately, and unfortunately for your sellers, you've had several instances of. Um, all of a sudden, you have occupants in vacant listings. Yeah, we have. And it's been fun and exciting. Um, uh, Leah's bared the brunt of most of it. Uh, Leah Hollenbach uh, works with me. And she's uh, she has walked in on a few of them this year. And it's been exciting. We've had the police and watched people get dragged away in handcuffs. And guys drinking milk out of a gallon jug. and Just bizarre situation. Bizarre. Bizarre. And did Where you have, are these properties? Are these rural properties? Are these in-city properties? Where where have they been? In town. In town. One of them, the, the one that was the, the, the most obvious one, we, Leah showed up to do the final walkthrough. Uh, the seller had moved out. Uh, the seller had moved out to Colorado uh, already and signed papers, and he was gone. The house was empty. It was a beautiful house. Oh, I know this house. Yes. Yeah, it was right by the park on uh, just off of Hammond Avenue in the middle of the city of Superior. Um, the floors were all redone and immaculate, and there was a piano that was left in the house for the uh, for the uh, buyer. And uh, the 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 guy just showed up one night and uh, went into the. How did he get in? So we're not one hundred percent sure, but the one thing I did learn from this, and I've kind of passed it on to my other real estate friends, is because the seller left. We always tell people, you know, hey. Uh, you can just leave the keys on the counter. The house is locked. They can get in through the lockbox. I'll never do that again. And the, the reason is, is that when the police did show up, you know, he was like, "Well, I'm I paid for this place, and I'm waiting for the financing stuff." And we're like, "Yeah, we know that's not the case. We know it's closing tomorrow with these buyers." And the buyers were there, and they were just mad as heck because there's some guy living in their house. You know, you can't blame them for that, right? So anyway, but the police said. How'd you get in? And he's like, well, I have the keys right here. Well, he had all the keys that the seller left on the counter. So somehow or another, he, he gained access to the house, and then he had the keys there. So from now on, I, I tell all my sellers, please don't leave the keys now. house. Drop them off at the office. We'll keep them in the file, and, and uh, we'll bring them to closing. That's if the house is vacant. And I... You know, the, the neighbor, It was the, this is the best part. So the neighbor, she, uh, uh, you know, 
a cute couple. Um, I think they're probably retired, and and they uh, the the wife said, Harold, there's some people living in the house next door, and Harold's like. Well, maybe they bought it, and and she said, "Well, they never came over and introduced themselves." And Harold's like, "Well, you know, just stay out of it. You know, don't don't worry about it." She's like, "I think I should call the police." And 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 Harold's like, "No, just leave them alone. They'll come over and introduce themselves." Well, then when the police showed up and all this happened, she came out and and she said, "You know, I I, I knew I should have called the police. I knew I should have called the police." And you know, Leah made the comment to her. She said, "And I bet you told Harold that." And she said, "I told him that a hundred times." <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, I got two questions. Any idea how long they had been in there, and was there any damage that they so had done? There, there was a little bit. Um, they pushed the the piano into the dining room so it left big gouges in the floor in the heart the beautiful hardwood flooring what a jerk and uh the guy was getting ready to make meth he had hundreds of little glass bottles he had oh. propane tanks he had all kinds of stuff in there he had food and in, in the fridge and and uh um he was an interesting guy i got some pictures of him uh, just an interesting character so the police came because uh, it's COVID, they they said we we don't we're not going to put him in jail. We're going to charge him, um, and then we're going to release him. And so the next day, he was in the park across the street from the house. Oh yeah. And you well, know what he, did the buyers do? Did this closing get delayed? I mean, did the buyers were there any uh, uh, concessions that happened? Money? Anything like that? What happened? No, the the house was pretty much okay. Uh, the seller had the the guy who did the hardwood floors go back over and, and buff those areas, and he got most of the scratches out. Not all of it, but the the buyers were like, "We we just want to close. We want to be in our house. We don't have. A, we're homeless. You know. I mean, they're, they're they needed to be in, and and the seller just felt awful. Um, he paid to have the locks rekeyed and. And, uh, you know, so, but for the most part, it, it all stayed together. And that is because of the fine uh, workmanship of the buyer's agent and making sure that everything got taken care of. I mean, Leah did a great job in handling that whole thing from everything from calling the police to, you know, to standing back and, and letting law enforcement do what they needed to do and, and keeping the buyer calm. I mean, the buyer was mad and rightly so, you know, uh, doing a final walkthrough. They don't own it yet, but somebody's living in their house and says it's his. I, super uncomfortable situation and and i feel bad for my seller too this the seller living out in colorado there's nothing he could do he could just hear about it on the phone and and you know that's that's uh concerning when you have somebody call you up and say hey by the way there's somebody living in your house that shouldn't be there and it was their pride and joy that house was beautiful there was not a scratch in it so to have some guy in there getting ready to make meth i that that I can't imagine how he felt. Well, there's a couple other things that you that you left out, but first of all, he was living in there and he was smoking in this house. Yeah, smoking in the smoking house, smoking cigarettes too. or whatever mm-hmm. he's smoking. So the house reeked. Um, and the other thing is that Leah is a very smart person. I don't know if I would have been able to hold it in. I might have been so mad, knowing, figuring in this situation out, I might have handled it different. But Leah said, oh, 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 sorry, we must be mistaken. When the guy said, I'm buying this house, we must be mistaken. And she's, you know, the buyer's probably upset. He really wants to go after this guy too. But she gets him out of the situation and appropriately calls the police. Because what does this guy have in the house? You know, I mean, you can't really force yourself on him because what if he's armed? And it's a very, it's, it's very accurate that it's a police situation. And my sort of, headstrong thoughts may not have been <laughs> where Leah's were. So I, 
I thought about that a lot, and I thought, all right, if this ever happens to me, that's exactly what I have to do. Don't be a don't be a dummy, and don't be uh you know you know try to throw this guy out yourself. That's just not the way to do it. Yeah, it, she really did handle the whole situation really really well, and and the fact that you know at the end of the day the transaction closed, the buyer's happy. They've got some great neighbors and some great stories to start off with each other, and right. and uh, she knows that the, you know they're watching the, the the wife of the the new buyer knows that they're the neighbors are watching the house pretty closely, so. You know, all in all, it turned out okay. But you're right, Jim. Having having the somebody who can react properly is super important well, in this case. Gary, the other thing about this house is, is this house, how many offers did you have on it in the first Well, we day? had multiple offers. Yeah, because mine was one of them. I yeah. lost, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but I know very well about this house. It's not like it's... It's not like in a neighborhood, well, that would never happen here. That's what people cannot say. You cannot say, well, that would never happen here. This isn't a neighborhood where you would think that would never happen here. You know, so... The, the neighbor told me they pulled up in a cab with three garbage bags, and there was more than one that pulled up in the cab. They pulled up with the cab. They walked up to the door, went inside with their garbage bags. So they had already gained access somehow and had the keys. And then they came out, and they took the real estate sign down and put it in the backyard. So the people were like, well, it must have sold. And, you know, I mean, so vigilance, pay attention with what's going on. That's really it. The fact that she talked about that made me laugh. Hey, I should have called the cops. Yeah. I told Harold a hundred times. <laughs> Any more questions, well, Gary? We got about another minute and a half in this segment. Yeah, well, I think a couple things that you guys touched on that I think are super important. First of all, uh, kudos to Leah because she did the right thing. I mean, with everything that's going on in the world today, uh, you know, when you're in that situation, number one is safety. Get those people out of the house as quickly as possible. And, and so you, you've got to, you got to hand it to her for, for, for doing that. That to me would be number one. And, and, and then the other thing is, uh, did the seller have homeowners insurance? Yes. <laughs> Cause Jim and I just talked about homeowners yeah. insurance and I was just, Curious if they did any damage, if uh, they they felt that they they could have a claim against their homeowners insurance. Um, there was some discussion about that, and the, the police are there's actually some restitution stuff that gets filed, and that he's supposed to pay, but chance of him paying it is pretty little. And then you know the deductible that that causes some issue with that as well. So they I don't think there was any claim ever made, but you know it was some money out of the seller's pocket to get it back ready to go for the for the buyer. Yeah, and then the last thing is. You know, sometimes we talk about our neighbors, and some neighbors you can consider nosy, but you can never put a price on a a good neighbor uh, that's willing to, like, watch over where they live. And I think that that's really important, and so hats off to them as well. Absolutely. All right, boys. Well, that was a pretty dang good discussion right there, and we brought us all the way up to the break. So, Tommy. Thanks for bringing me on. Tom Acton, why don't you uh, shamelessly promote yourself and give out your phone number? Hey, if you uh, want to buy or sell in Duluth, Superior, Douglas County, St. Louis County, call Action Call Jim Acton. and Gary. All right, go. Action Acton, right. 218-310-8859. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Goodbye, right. guys. Thanks, Tommy. All right, folks, we've reached another break time here. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to the last segment of the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. Gary, we want to reserve this time to talk about listings and, uh, and buyer needs, maybe. So why don't you start out first? Jim, I got a new listing. This is a duplex. Uh, this is an income property, and it's uh, two units, up and down units. Is it uh, insured? Sale price is, 
It's insured. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, this is a uh, it's one ninety nine is the sale price. Oh, that's and good number. the cool thing about this one is you have the two units. One unit is a two bedroom unit, and the other unit, the upper unit, is a three bedroom unit. And that's wow. unusual to see in duplexes. Uh, this one is well taken care of. Uh, the upstairs tenant pays their own heat. It's electric baseboard heat, and the uh, lower tenant is uh, has the heat paid for him. But somebody could, if they wanted to buy this, have you know the, the lower tenant pay their own heat because there's a furnace in there, and, and it's the only one that it just heats the main level. This is a corner lot. Uh, the address is 2924 Exeter Street in the Lincoln Park neighborhood. Uh, the sale price again was one nineteen nine. If you have questions, give me a call two one eight three nine zero zero six one five. One twenty nine nine. You said one nineteen nine. One nineteen. Well, listen, I'm I'm writing this stuff down because I actually do have a buyer for that. Maybe. <laughs> All right. That's a nice unit. Yeah, I'll it sounds it like it. Um, well, I'll just I'll, you know I'll follow that up with I I've got a company, a well established company that's looking for. Um, some space to either lease or buy and uh it's it's commercial they need some uh some truck doors and um about preferred is about eight thousand square feet um with a parking lot that is you know customer friendly this would be probably thirty percent office space and seventy percent um to their to their service business um, and they would like something where they could have signage and have a little bit of notoriety. So they want to be, I mean, I know they couldn't afford probably in this kind of a warehouse, more or less building to be like on a main street, but they could be on an off street where they get a, still a lot of drive by. So anybody out there have anything that they're interested in, uh, um, maybe finding a tenant or a purchaser, you know, give me a call. How much time we got, Jim? We got another minute. Jim, I want to say this real quickly. I was up at the uh, central building, the, the new one on the hill. Uh, my, They have a, a soccer field up there, and the kids are doing a soccer camp up there. And, and we have to go up, drop them off, and pick them up. And i got to tell you something. What a fantastic uh, location up there. I haven't been up there for years and driving up there. And this, this place has soccer fields. It has baseball fields. It has a track and field. It, it it just when I drove in there because I went to that central school, right. I got so welled up. I'm like, I can't believe this place isn't selling. Right. That is a beautiful location, and and we've got to get Greg Fulmer on here and talk to him because this place has got to sell. That place is a beautiful location. Well, and, and I have talked to Greg, and uh, it might be a good idea to get him on about whether or not he'll he'll talk about if there's anything cooking. So I'm not sure if I'm at liberty to say so, but all right, that's it, Gary. Why don't you give out your phone number one more time here before we check it out? 218-390-0615. And my number is 218-348-7653. All right, Gary, thanks again this week. And folks, thank you for listening as always. And uh, we'll be back next week. And you've been tuned into the Twin Ports Real Estate Show. And uh, hey, have a great weekend. <laughs>